This is a true story. All my stories are true. A boy moved into home sweet home. You're talking about a boy that was on the streets for many years. He had a terrible, traumatic childhood, and he lived on the street, and he believed in nothing and in no one, and he trusted nothing and no one. He was big, tall, strong, very, very, very distant, couldn't really get into that, who he was, into his mindset. One of the toughest kids that I ever worked with. And after a couple of months in Home Sweet Home, he tells me, you know, I have a Zadie. Now, I knew who his grandfather was. His grandfather was and is one of the oldest Zikne Hadar, one of the G'dayli Hadar. I wish I could share his name. So you'll appreciate what we're talking about. He says, you know, and I'm very distant from him. He never invites me over, etc., etc. So I said, how about if I call, I'll get you an appointment. Would you go? He says, okay. I called up, and the grandfather immediately said, sure, I would love to see him. Come the day before Rosh Hashanah. So Erev Rosh Hashanah was, let's say, Tuesday. We'll go the day before Erev Rosh Hashanah, which was Monday. I'm driving from Avenue P and East 16th Street, home sweet home, going towards Barra Park. When we crossed over into Barra Park, he saw two Hasidish guys, and he went, <laughs> trauma. He says, I hate those guys. Obviously, he went through traumatic experiences as a child, and he grew up in a very, very Hasidish neighborhood, which he left at like maybe 13 or 14 years old, and for many years, he was away, and now he was a skinhead, you know, he shaved his whole, his whole head, and but but for such a tough person to not be able to control himself and to shiver and shake on the sight of two random chesidish guys, I hate those guys. Can imagine? You could imagine what kind of pain he went through. And then he starts talking, and he starts saying, "You know, chesidim are terrible. They don't love their kids. My father never hugs me." My mother never hugs me. When I grew up, there was no love. And he's going on and on about hugs. And I'm thinking, and remember, remember, this is 20 years ago, when I just started off, I was not trained. I just had a feeling that I wanted to help kids, moved in, total strangers, homeless guys, into a house, five minutes away from my own house, had them come home to me for Shabbos and Yontif, and then to friends once they were housebroken. And here, I'm like, so intrigued, like here's a guy that looks so rough and tough and he's talking to me, I didn't get enough love as a kid, my, my father never hugged me, my mother never hugged me. And then he starts saying, you know, my Zaydi and my Bobby, they're very holy. They're very holy people. But, but what kind of a grandmother and grandfather never hug their grandchildren? And he's again talking about hugs. He acknowledges that they are holy and he's upset, I never got a hug. I get a wave. I, I, I mean, what's going on here? And I'm just thinking, because it's 20 years ago, and I have no training, I'm thinking, wow, this is so interesting that this kid is talking about love and, and hugs, physical hugs, and he looks so tough, like he would rip your head off, and he was such a tough cookie. 
and and that was the beginning of me realizing that the tougher someone is on the exterior, the more pain they have in in the inside, and they had to build these walls around them. And these tough guys that we meet in shul or whatever, they're protecting themselves. They can't be vulnerable because they're hurt. Anyway, we go inside, and I sit down at the table, and the grandfather is at the head of the table, and he sits across from me. And we schmooze for a few minutes, and then I said to the Zaidi, I said, I have a doctor's appointment, and I'll be back in an hour to pick him up. He gave me a little bit of a look. I don't think he expected to have an hour meeting. And I left. I'm sorry, I don't like lying. But I couldn't say, I'm leaving the two of you alone for an hour. A half hour would have been awkward. So I did not have a doctor's appointment. I'm sorry, I had to do what I had to do. I went outside, I got in the car. Right away, I call his parents' house. The mother picks up the phone, is something wrong? I say, everything's fine. Everything's fine. I'm just curious. You don't hug your kids? Your husband doesn't hug your kids? Your son is talking to me. He's like a big rebel. And can you imagine how much trouble he made that they threw him out of the whole neighborhood that he was in and, and, and how much pain in Agmas Nefesh the parents have? Uh, your kid is talking to me about hugs. She says, you know, our family is like super duper Hasidish and... Um, we don't really hug our kids, and the, the father doesn't hug the girls after 12, and the mother doesn't hug the boys after 13, but even before that, we don't hug, and even my, my, my father, the, my husband doesn't even hug the boys. Apparently, it's some kind of a super-duper Hasidish thing, which I never heard of. I, I checked afterwards with my super-duper-duper Hasidish friend, and he was like, I don't know, we, my father hugs us, and, and he's a Rebbe, you know, like... But apparently they're very super duper holy. There was not hugging going on, you know, of them. And, and even, I said, but what about your, your shver, the Gadol Adar? She says, ask him. Okay, that was that. I didn't know what to do. Because I wanted to go in and I wanted to tell the Zaidi, you know, that your grandson really wants a hug. He's, he's, he's talking about it because he wants it, right? Now, how am I going to do that? So I walked in from that side after the hour. And so the kid's back was to me because he was sitting there and, and the Zaidi's there. And the Zaidi looks up at me. And so I had like just a couple of seconds, you know, and I went like this. And I felt very bad. 20 years ago, I was 20 years younger. I would feel bad now also, but I was 30 and he was already old and he was quite shaky. He was really like very oldish and shaky. Baruch Hashem, he's still alive 20 years later and, and he's doing okay. But then he was very, it, was, it wasn't an easy time for, time for him and I'm like, like this. So he gets up and uh, the son, the grandson meanwhile, passes by the kitchen, his babi made, gave him special cookies and everything is happening, like, just try to imagine, all, all the time that we had was, there was one little hallway. I was like 15 feet away, and the Zaidi was walking, the kitchen was here, the son, the grandson turns around to take the cookies from his grandmother and get a wave, and he's with me, and I have about four seconds. I reach in, and I tell him, a for a hug. He's yearning for a hug. Now I want to show you what godless is. I don't know why. This Gadol didn't hug his grandchildren. He had a reason. Everything he does, there's a reason. And for some reason, he didn't do it. But I said it. And immediately, he turned around. Immediately, he turned around. And 
the boy already waved to his grandmother, and he's right behind us, and he starts going like this. Now, the boy was very tall, and he's an old man, and he's bent over, and his hand was shaky. It was shaky. It was mamish going like this, and he goes like this, and he starts reaching up and up and up, literally like this, and the boy is like, what, what's going on over here? And then, and then he reached high up, and he pulled him down, like to a half a hug. He didn't give him a full embrace, but he gave him like this, and he reached up, and he he gave him a kiss on the cheek. I made believe like I didn't see anything. I turned, I exited, I went in the car. This boy comes, sits in the car next to me. I look at him. He's freaking out. He's freaking out in his core. He's shaking. He's freaking out. He can't contain himself. I said, what What happened? What happened? He said, there's a quote. My Zadie, my Zadie. He gave me a hug. He gave me a kiss. I said, wow, I thought you said he never, you never did that. No, he never does that. I don't know what happened. He gave me a hug. He gave me a kiss. Silence. I'm driving back from Borough Park, going to Home Sweet Home. I come out of Borough Park. I'm on Ocean Parkway. And I make a right turn, and I start going down Ocean Parkway. I'm at the light of Avenue J and Ocean Parkway at that red light. And he turns to me, and he says... Avi, what do you think? Maybe I should start keeping Shabbos. Nine years. He told me he fasted Yom Kippur when he was 13, and that was the last time. He didn't fast Yom Kippur when he was 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. And now we're entering the ninth year of Yom Kippur a week away. And I, I have no training. I didn't know what to say, but I knew I wasn't going to say, yes, of course you should keep everything. I knew not to say that. So I said to him, I said, you know, I can't tell you what to do, but maybe if your neshama is telling you something, maybe you should listen. And that was that. He kept Rosh Hashanah, two days Rosh Hashanah. He kept Shabbat Shuvah. He fasted Yom Kippur, Ni'ili was in shul, Ni'ila, he was in shul with tears streaming down his face onto his machzer more than anyone else in shul. He kept the first two days of Yontif Sukkot. He kept Shabbos Chalamoid Sukkot. Shmini Atzeres, he kept Simchas Teirah, he was with me in shul for the first time since his bar mitzvah and he got an aliyah at the Teirah. Because of a hug and a kiss, from his Zaydi. The power of a hug. The power of an embrace. It's unbelievable. He ended up getting married. He went to learn in Eretz Yisrael and Kyle for two years. He built a bias Namu B'Yisrael. He went through a lot of more hardships in his life. And never gave up on his Yiddishkeit. Because his Zaydi showed him, You are lovable. You have value. I'm hugging you. I'm embracing you. I'm kissing you. True story.